The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. When the wise men who had come from the east had departed, an angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and flee to Egypt, and remain there until I tell you, for Herod is about to search for the child to destroy him. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother by night, and went to Egypt and remained there until the death of Herod. This was to fulfill what had been spoken by the Lord through the prophet. Out of Egypt I have called my son. When Herod died, an angel of the Lord suddenly appeared in a dream to Joseph in Egypt and said, Get up, take the child and his mother, and go to the land of Israel. For those who were seeking the child's life are dead. Then Joseph got up, took the child and his mother, and went to the land of Israel. But when he had heard that Archelaus was ruling over Judea in place of his father Herod, he was afraid to go there. And after being warned in a dream, he went away to the district of Galilee. There he made his home in a town called Nazareth, so that what had been spoken through the prophets might be fulfilled. He will be called a Nazarene. The Gospel of the Lord. My seminary New Testament professors had two, well, at least two, pet peeves regarding how we as Christians engaged the Holy Scriptures. And our lectionary passage for today allows us to choose both of them. They found very unhelpful for retention and appreciation the tendency to conflate and harmonize the gospel stories, that is, to mash them together without regard for the specifics of the individual evangelist's perspective and narrative intent. What I mean by that is our nativity story is one of the most common culprits, putting St. Luke's shepherds and Matthew's magi into the same scene. Of course, the wise men from the East only show up in Matthew's Gospel, so I suppose that's what we have to read on the Feast of the Epiphany. But one of the challenges of our style of lectionary system can be to keep track of what is going on and where and on the occasions where we jump around, not only from different parts of the Gospel story, but from book to book as well, as we do in this year C, Luke's Gospel, but bouncing through some of the others as our lectionary dictates. 
Incidentally, our passage is occurring after the Magi have arrived and left in the story, but we won't celebrate Epiphany until January 6th, so merry ninth day of Christmas. May all your ladies be dancing. Back to Matthew, you may recall from clergy talking about it before or your Bible studies, Matthew is very concerned about helping his community and us see Jesus' place within the continuing story of God's chosen people, Israel. The, this is the gospel, of course, that begins with Jesus' genealogy from Abraham who begat so-and-so who begat so-and-so who begat so-and-so through David all the way up to Joseph our Joseph, and then Jesus' miraculous birth. As we hear in today's passage, we may recall, though, another Joseph who ended up having to find and seek safety in Egypt. Though today's Joseph would have known that parallel, too, I'm not sure he was thinking about it in the moment. The Lord had appeared to him in a dream, and perhaps it was clear and memorable. And I don't know about you, though, but most of my dreams are foggy, and fade back into the mist not long after waking. Now, it, it could just be that the Lord hasn't deigned to give me a message by dream, and if God did, perhaps I would know it very clearly. But I have to wonder, even by direct dream message, if it didn't still seem a little bit foggy after the fact, I wonder if Joseph wondered whether it was really worth it, rooting, uprooting his family and fleeing to another country. Did Mary have any doubts about his dream? Now, after their experiences with angels and mysterious wise men, perhaps it's easy to believe at that point. But I guess the closest experience I can think of are, are any of the times recently where something has seemed up with my daughter Georgie. Maybe she bumped her head. That was a terrible first experience. Or wakes up furious and refuses to go back to sleep. And what's the difference between a little bit of gas or something worse? We don't know. Allie and I have never done this parenting thing before. What qualifies as a serious concern and what's normal? Where are the lines and indicators? Why doesn't a baby come with gauges and lights that flash when you need to know something? What's just first-timer nerves? And when is it a gut sense, an instinct, that she needs some more attention or more care to keep her safe? Our own little gift from God. Did Joseph have self-doubts about the right thing to do? Assuredly, going on the run for your life and deciding whether or not to go to the after-hours clinic are on different spectrums. But even if one has a clear as a sign as one could ask for, in my life at least, those seem a lot harder to come by. What do you do when you just don't know what to do? One thing that wasn't in doubt, unfortunately, was that it wasn't all that implausible at the end of the day that the baby Jesus was in danger. You may have wondered what the other pet peeve of my professors was, and that is gaps in reading passages from scripture like we have in our gospel passage today. You may have noticed if you looked at the citation, and especially if it is allowing us to avoid a challenging passage. And normally, I'm right there with them. The passages skipped in our own today, though, are Herod acting out of fear for his own power and position against the threat of Jesus, whom the wise men have identified as an infant king, as the king of the Jews. And so the passage skipped today is the martyrdom of the holy innocents, 
that Christmastide feast day, which belies the commercial sentimentality of the season that we often experience. And I'm not going to dwell on the details because I just can't this year. The second day of the year 2022, except to say that it remains a world of Herods, where power and greed can consume and sacrifice children, usually others. And it is very obviously such a world that needs a savior. That may remind you of another king in the Hebrew scriptures who felt threatened and took it out on infants. But Matthew wants us to remember God's saving deeds in Israel's history and to know that God is still active, especially in the gospel that he shares. And the Holy Family keeps safe in Egypt for a few years. Immigrants, refugees relying on the hospitality of another place and people until by way of another dream, God tells Joseph that they can return home. Now there's a twist. Herod's son is still in charge and could be a threat. And so they settle up north in Nazareth of Galilee. And after these dramatic beginnings, Mary and Joseph can rest and go on about their life raising Jesus. And Matthew can carry forward with his story. God's promises are very clear to us in scripture. They can just be harder to keep in sight in the trenches or the crises or even just the banality, the ups and downs of normal everyday life to see how whatever situation we might be in could possibly be redeemed or even salvaged. I think it goes without saying that it's been a hard couple of years for most folks in one way or another. But the psalmist sings and reminds us, happy are the people whose strength is in God, whose hearts are set on the pilgrim way. Appropriate enough for disciples of one who was born on the road and who was carried to safety by his loving parents. Mary and Joseph must have been so scared, but they trusted what they knew. They leaned upon one another and their faith in God, and they traveled their pilgrim way. I think sometimes in life, the way forward might be clear. Sometimes it's clear, but it's also hard to do. And sometimes there may be no right answer, except that we go with God and are called to continue on that path of faith. We walk knowing that we have some share in doing right to love God, to love neighbors, to show ourselves to be citizens of the kingdom amidst the enemy territory of scared and threatened minor kings but also that when the path seems bleak or even seems like a dead end, the God of Israel, the God of gods, was and is and will be active, making ways when there seems like no way, drawing us to God's own heart, the one who so loved the world that he became incarnate as a vulnerable baby in a dangerous world, to walk a different and a difficult course which would lead to the world's salvation. In this new year, may we too, whether in clarity or confusion, move forward, at least with the sense that God goes with us, before us, behind, above, below, and beside us, calling all those on the pilgrim's way together and towards home.